Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today in today's Insumo Habit Talks. I'm so excited to talk to you. And turns out we're in the similar coasts and enjoying the nice weather and some extra bit of sunshine with daylight savings. Uh, I would love to get started by getting to know you a little bit better. What's your story, where you come from, and how you got introduced into the world of exercising and workouts? Yeah, sure thing. Thank you so much for having me. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Kevin Hannes. Um, and I guess like tackling first... Um, like how I got into fitness. So for me, um, and especially we're going to get into talks of habits. I've been training for 13 years at this point. Um, so everything like people see now is kind of that tip of the iceberg. Um, and a lot of times people, when they see your Instagram for the first thing, all right, that person got the gen won the genetic lottery. So for me, that's kind of the mindset I always had growing up. When I was very young, I was like, all right, these kids won the genetic lottery. I'm tired of these guys running around with six packs, you know, at, at recess. And I'm a uh, I was a Husky kid growing up, as my uh, basketball coach had said. So I was a big kid growing up. Um, and then eventually in high school, me and my buddy, we decided to, you know, enough is enough. We wanted to get fit. Um, and so I finally evaluated my habits. I was playing a lot of video games, eating a lot of junk. And um, me and my buddy were like, we're going we're gonna to run a mile every day of the summer. And we're going to get shredded. And uh, girls will finally notice us. Um, a lot of that didn't end up playing out though. So for us, uh, we lasted two days and I think each day we ended up at the pizza hut buffet. Um, but ultimately the lesson kind of here is, um, even though that was a failure, absolute failure of getting to the end goal of getting fit, um, for me, it kind of was that first step of my transformation, which was mentally doing something about it. I didn't like where I was and I was like, all right, let me put in some effort. Wasn't perfect. But now I know what not to do and get a little bit closer to steering correctly. Um, over time from there, uh, through high school, got involved with fitness, kind of swore off the of carbs pretty much, got a calorie deficit, got a lot leaner, um, did sports in high school. So got kind of fit. In college, though, then I had to implement flexible dieting um, because I couldn't break a certain point. Um, kept plateauing. And also I had a little bit of issues with um, I guess I could say um, binging to some degree where I have a little bit of a quote unquote bad food and I end up going off the deep end and I'm eating the whole container of ice cream. Uh, or we go to the buffet, I'm not going to be keeping it within balance. Um, so ultimately then I had to learn more. Um, I competed in my first physique show um, as well, but I then learned about flexible dieting and getting a more balanced, quote unquote balanced um, eating habits and controlling the main variables and not swearing off certain foods because they add an ethical value, good or bad foods. Um, so finally, um, next piece of the story, in college, I finished my PharmD. Um, not really using it now. My mom's not too happy about it, but that's another story. Um, but completed my PharmD. The last part was rotations. At the time, I was doing it's pretty much you pay tuition to work 40 hours a week as a pharmacist um, to get your final kind of credits so you can graduate. And at that point, it's 40 hours of work. Uh, on top of that, I was doing, you know, YouTube, social media stuff, and I was building up my coaching company at that point. So those were 60 to 80 hour work weeks. So at that point, I then had to learn how to, you know, make it fit a busy lifestyle and more efficient training while also being flexible with things. So I guess that's usually the story I like to talk about to where I am today. And then I guess the final part of that, um, where I am today, I've competed internationally in powerlifting, completed my doctorate of pharmacy. I've competed I think in four bodybuilding shows or so, also on the world stage. And at this point, I founded the Healthy Flex Prescription. We've coached over 800 people because, here's a little knot on it, um, ultimately I saw the change 
that, you know, working on myself, doing things incorrectly, and something I struggled with, which was fitness, eventually I kept trying, getting a little bit better. Um, and I ultimately had a transformation because I was consistent, worked hard, and did that for a long period of time. And I saw a change with my physique, which then gave me the belief in myself and built my confidence. None of the other things would have happened if I never had that final or that first kind of, you know, leap. So what we do in the healthy flash description, why I love coaching and I didn't pursue my, my pharmacy career is for that same reason. Um, because I know that confidence shift that comes when you overcome something that had been such a struggle. So I guess that's my long-winded introduction. Sorry about that, but I hope that kind of encompasses most things. You know, great introduction, and it's very, very insightful. A couple of things I want to ask you. Um, there's a lot of things I want to ask you because it sounds like a very long story. Like it's a huge process and it's a demanding, challenging process. And what kind of specific challenges did you have to address within yourself uh, or like certain things that maybe weren't working and then you had to change that? And what kind of things kept you going up, apart from the physical change that you were seeing in your body? Great questions. Um, so I guess like one of them, I'm sorry, I, I caught on to the last one, especially because uh, what kind of kept me going and for my personality, I am a super competitive person. So I always kind of found avenues to keep myself competitive. In college, it became powerlifting, which is literally your squat deadlift and your bench max. And then you're pretty much, you know, uh, stacked up with everyone else. I co-founded the Rutgers powerlifting team. Um, and that kind of kept me, you know, competitive. It was fun. We had a great community. And that was, that was a really, really fun time at, at Rutgers because it was such a tight-knit community. And then we go to the dining hall and we eat a ton. So it was, it was a good day-to-day -day thing to do besides classwork. Um, so for me, being competitive, having that kind of outlet, um, and ultimately what kept me going on because a lot of people will grab onto a community like that. A lot of people will have these experiences, and especially I see this in colleges. And we're talking about habits, uh, my sister especially, but when we're talking about habits in college and communities – a lot of times that can be a really good quote unquote motivator, keeps you showing up. However, once you lose that motivator, that motivation, then you have to rely on discipline or the habits that are now kind of ingrained in there. So for me, it's kind of been a lifestyle and I'm not going to lie, you know, social media keeps me kosher on it. I'm like, I'm a fitness brand. Uh, I have a fitness company. So I, one of our core values is walk the walk. I don't want to tell people, Hey, hit your macros, eat your vegetables, hit your protein. If I'm not going to do the things that I'm preaching. So that's one of our, our core values. So ultimately, what keeps me going um, is being competitive. But also, I know um, if I don't show up on a daily basis or if I don't, you know, make progress on a weekly basis and show up for myself, I ultimately know I'm not going to reach, I guess, my potential. And, you know, in 10 years from now, I know people have said this way better, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you may be confronted with, like, who would who is the person who took on those challenges um, and was that quote unquote best version of yourself who, you know, took those risks, really committed to those, did the hard work instead of scrolling Instagram, which I was guilty of today as well. Um, so I ultimately want to, you know, eke out all that progression in the avenues that I do choose. And I really want to be able to, you know, like 10, 20 years to be happy with that kind of decision. So I know, and I apologize, I tackled one of like the three to four questions. So I'm sorry about that. But what was uh, one of those other ones? No, I think that was a really good answer to a lot of the questions that I asked. And what you were just saying is a great segue into my next question, actually, because uh, you mentioned that 
a major driving force for you to continue this habit and turn it into a routine was how I was building confidence you in you. And so habit building, as we all know, is a very mind uh, driven process. So it has to do a lot with how you approach it within your mind, not only physically as well. And most of the times, why a lot of people tend to stop their progress is when they notice that they fail to like follow up on like a task that they had set for themselves and that really discourages them. So let's say they, that you made a task for yourself to go out go and work out every single day and you do that for two weeks and then you miss one day. Those two weeks feel like they're not worth anything at that point just because you've missed that one day. So what do you do on those days where you feel like, for instance, this happened to me today, as I was mentioning before our call, I tend to work out almost every day. But this morning, I set an alarm, and I just physically couldn't get out of bed. Uh, how do you approach that situation so that your mindset doesn't get discouraged? And rather, it's more of like, a, oh, this is an additional challenge, and I will navigate it differently. Yeah, and it's a great question. But it's, it's totally a part of the process. And I mean, kind of as I related to like my, uh, my whole journey in fitness, and I like to think that I've done pretty well in fitness overall, but like my first five years, I did terrible. Like, and I'm so thankful of those years because I learned so many failures where I had to, you know, reset the course, try something else and carry that through and show up consistently. So ultimately you get a lot of, through these failures, you get a lot of lessons. And when it comes to like, if you don't show up for a workout one day, um, I think it's also making sure you have the proper expectations. So like with our clients in uh, HFP, um, plenty of people will, it's their birthday on Saturday. So, you know, they're at the sushi buffet, they're having a really good time, you know, macros are a little bit over. And the way that we tackle that is, um, there's 365 days in a year. If you have 15 days that are, you know, kind of off, I can't do the math that quickly, but I think it's less than 5% of your days. Um, so ultimately if you can make the better use of the 95% of days, you're going to be in a good spot. Um, so ultimately I think that's what I think about when like you have a bad day, there's totally always the next day that you can make a success today. I went to the gym and <laughs> I usually go early and some days you just get under the bar and it feels super heavy that day. And that's a part of the process for me. I plan to fail. I plan ahead and give myself that kind of grace. Um, and this is something that, I mean, we also utilize as a strategy with some of our clients is if someone wants to train four days this week, if you want to hit four strength training sessions this week, I would schedule them Monday through Thursday. Schedule them Monday through Thursday, knowing that two days, something's going to come up. You're going to get an emergency at work. The kids are going to have something to do. The, the dog, you know, um, has an accident in the house and then you got to be cleaning the rest of the day. These will happen. And so I always think of, all right, so if you get Monday and then Tuesday and the next two days are not so great, then you can always go for Friday and Saturday to get your four. So having this also plays into um, calorie balance from a, a nutrition standpoint. If fat loss is the goal, you need a calorie deficit. And we can say on a 24-hour basis that's important. Yes, if you go over 500 calories today, is your fat loss you know, phase over? No. You can still make a weekly deficit by pulling back 100 calories from the next five days, and you're still at that same place you would be having you know, had all six days on the same kind of like 100% relative to what the goal was. So I think there's a lot of ways to, you know, not fall into that, that snowballing effect of, you know, one bad day, it's gotta be a bad week. Um, and alluding back to what I said with good foods, bad foods, I would have a bite of ice cream, my day's ruined, I'm bad, terrible, let me eat the whole container. And as I've learned, as we look at calorie balance too, it's like you know, one bite of ice cream, it's delicious. We gotta be facts are facts. 
but also it's not going to ruin your calorie balance. Maybe that like bite of ice cream is 30 calories. You don't have to go off the deep end and eat the whole container. Same way if you have one day where you can't make it to the gym, one day you're off your habits, doesn't mean the next five days you should be like, I can't do this. I'm going to stay off the habits or I'm just going to fall off. You kind of have to just take that for what it is and hop back on the horse and then you can get six out of seven days on it. Even five out of seven is better than, you know, half. Um, so that's kind of the ways um, I always see things through a fitness lens <laughs> and a calorie balance lens. So I hope that that's helpful in like terms of habit building as well. Now that's really inspiring because I definitely tend to do that. Like when I'm, I tend to binge eat sometimes as well. And sometimes I'll see like, uh, I'm, I'll make cookies and I'll say I'll have one and then I end up having 10. And at that point I'm like looking at my roommate and saying like, please get, eat the rest of this. So I don't keep eating. But a lot of the time we find a lot of people have difficulty finding that kind of boundaries and finding those flexibilities that work for them and not being too hard on themselves when they do cross those boundaries. And so that brings me to my last question, actually two last questions. Sometimes it's important to find uh, those flexibilities when you don't feel like you're performing well enough. And sometimes you go a little bit overboard. So let's say you, in the first week of like starting to work out, you, a lot of people tend to want to work out every single day. And so do you, do you have any suggestions around that? Like, how do you ease yourself into it? How do you find that right pace? How do you not go overboard is my first question from the last two questions. Yeah. And um, from that standpoint is a lot of people um, and this, when we start every week, we have a kickoff call for the new people who join HFP and I run this kickoff call. And one of the things we say is our objectives in our first program is to have a mindset shift. Because a lot of people, exactly what you just said, which is a fantastic point, a lot of people, especially when it comes to fitness, um, they think that it's, how hard can I go these next seven days to lose as much weight as possible? I wanna train twice a day, I'm gonna eat nothing but chicken and broccoli, and I'm gonna be at a super strict deficit. Uh, and then like, what's gonna happen at the end of the week? You're down, let's say four pounds. But also, you've just pulled the rubber band back, and it's gonna come back, especially from those cravings. We both mentioned when we've been in a super restrictive kind of mindset and then when good food is around and we have a little bit, we have a lot. So when it comes to this weekly kind of goal, like usually you'll lose maybe four pounds being super hardcore. And then that next day you're going to be at the sushi buffet because again, you're going to probably be having massive cravings because you just swore off of these things. Um, forbidden fruit is always the sweetest. Um, and your net loss is one pound for the week. So the mindset shift we look at is how can we be quote unquote good for a hundred days and a hundred days. I can't do the math of how many weeks that is. It's over 12. I don't know. It's something over 12. <laughs> so um, in 12, in 12 weeks, let's say that we didn't have this restrictive kind of, you know, pathway. And ultimately we just tried to work out every other day and maybe go for like four training sessions on a weekly. We have a modest daily deficit and we give ourselves the grace to include the foods that we love in moderation as well. Um, so instead of, you know, losing four pounds, gaining three pounds back on the weekend and your net loss one, but then you're frustrated because you feel like you keep failing every weekend. Instead, let's pick up the little fruit on a weekly basis and let's get our four workouts every other day. Let's be quote unquote good by hitting our protein intake goals and trying to stay within a hundred calories of our calorie target goal. And ultimately we're gonna get that one to two pounds of weight loss but also it's going to be something sustainable and we're feeling fired up because we don't feel like we're failing. So a lot of these things, sorry, Slack's going off a little bit, but
But a lot of these things, I feel picking up momentum and getting those easy wins will then steamroll for those longer term ones as well. Definitely. And as one final question, um, in most cases, we see that if someone is committing a lot of time and energy into one domain of habit building, it usually ends up reflecting into the other domains. So as you saw yourself becoming more and more involved in exercising and healthy living, did you see a lot of things changing in the other domains as well, like your sleep, your mindfulness state, um, or anything else? I love this question. And um, I know some people like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And there's some people that are huge proponents of that. There's some that are completely not proponents of that. I lean towards I am a proponent of that, that saying, because um, for me, that confidence building of overcoming the challenge of fitness, you know, getting my stuff together, together, getting organized, keeping an accurate log, staying accountable to myself and showing up consistently, that kind of gave me a blueprint for everything else. I was like, okay, I struggled. I implemented, you know, time, consistency, and hard work, and that gave me success here. Let me apply that to education. Let me apply that to leadership. Let me apply that to um, philanthropy or building a business. And ultimately, for me, that's the kind of core driver of HFP because that experience has spread into all those other areas. Getting my stuff together over here helped me get everything down or at least laid a blueprint um, that I felt I could implement to these other areas. So I am, I am a proponent of that. Um, and ultimately kind of swinging back is um, I always felt the more I put on my, my plate, uh, I mean this for, uh, not from a literal kind of perspective, but the more things I put on like my plate, my schedule, um, every year I kind of felt like, am I doing too much? Am I pushing myself too, too hard? Um, can I like, but I kind of like to be stumbling a little bit. <laughs> like you're running so fast that you're falling forward. And kind of having a lot of things on my plate ultimately led me to up-level these habits, up-level my organization. Um, and also just like a really literal kind of sense um, from a habit building. When I was in the gym, my first five years, even now, I take a log. So I log, you know, reps, weight, all those things. And on my desk right now, I just looked around me, I have three different to-do lists and kind of like log books to keep me accountable in business, my daily to-do. And also I'm in a... I'm engaged, so I got to not fall off on that as well. So I'm staying organized on these things. But yes, I feel like if you can dial in your routines, your habits, um, ultimately for me, a to-do list is a lifesaver. Having a schedule is a lifesaver. Then you can really like fit things into that and you can get a lot more done. And you can also dial in, I think, habits across the board. So yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I love that. You put everything so perfectly. Uh, and this conversation has been super, super insightful. I myself took so many things from it as well. So that thank you so much for that, Kevin. And it was lovely to have you in today's Insumo Habit Talks. And I'm so excited to have you as a part of our community going forward, hopefully. Yeah, I appreciate having me on. And uh, thank you for the uh, invitation.